And they recounted how he was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. You know, I think um, in times in our lives that things happen either to us or to others we love, and we get, we get frustrated and disappointing in God. Maybe even we get mad at God. Um, and and we, we certainly get frustrated and we don't understand God's ways. I mean, I think that happens to all of us who have lived enough uh, suffering in our life that that, that occurs. Uh, in those moments, it, it can be um, explicit or it can be implicit. Um, uh, it, explicit is when we, we just turn around and say, well, I don't want anything to do with God. So when God's name comes up, we just don't want to talk about it. Don't want to, we actively avoid talking or being talked about God in our presence. But there's also implicit ways that we do it. We, we don't do anything necessarily bad, we just but we stop doing things. We, we get busy doing other things. We, we sort of ignore God by default more than explicitly wanting to have nothing to do with God. But the seeds of it are the same, We're frustrated and, and disappointed and maybe even angry. Um, the question is, what does God do in those moments with us? How does God minister to us or is present to us? Well, today's scripture tells us exactly what happens. Um, remember, these are the disciples who walked with Jesus. They knew Jesus personally. They were, they were his, his closest allies. They weren't the 12, but they would have been part of the group that were around. And now Jesus was crucified. And of course, remember, all of them, they all absconded. They all made a run for it when he got crucified. So they abandoned him. At least we think it was the other way around. They abandoned him because, and then they got mad at him. They got mad that he wasn't the one. Like, like, and, and you could see the frustration. So we have to understand the way Luke writes this is, remember, Jerusalem is the city of God. And um, Emmaus is considered uh, like Sin City. Think of it like Las Vegas, right? You know, that's here. So they're walking away from the holy city of God, and they're walking towards uh, Emmaus, which means that they're walking away from the church. They're walking away. That's the symbolism. And, and, and now what does Jesus do? He doesn't appear. Now remember, this is the post-resurrection Jesus. So he is risen from the dead. He's glorified, and he doesn't stop them and, hey, stop. You're going the wrong way. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, listen, look, it's me. Look, look, it's me. No, he didn't do that. He didn't do any of that. He just um, walks with them as they walk away. He walks with them as they walk away and listens to their story the whole time. He doesn't scold them, doesn't stop them, doesn't challenge them. And as soon as they were, says, they were done telling their story, only then did he break open what he had heard them say and related himself to the Scriptures and said, oh, how foolish you are, you didn't see. And he, 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 he helps them focus once again, to look again at what they've seen with different eyes. And once they see with different eyes, they, 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 they start to experience it first. They, they, their hearts were burning within them, but they didn't recognize it first. It was only when it was in the breaking of the bread. And then what it says, it says, and he vanished from their sight. So where did he go? We see in the breaking of the bread, which we will do in just a few moments, we believe that in the receiving of the bread, they became him. Didn't that he vanished? They became the living body of Christ now 
prayers. Now, what did they do after that? They didn't just go back to Jerusalem. They ran back to Jerusalem. So the conversion was immediate and urgent. So, so this is what God does to us. Uh, uh, Jesus accompanies us, and He will walk with us as we walk away. Now, you're all here, right? But, but there are others who are not here, and, and Jesus is walking with those as they walk to the periphery of their lives. Now, the question is, how does that happen? What does that look like? Well, it's usually in the form of one of us. It's usually in the form of somebody else. We need to be willing to walk with them to the peripheries. You see, ministry just doesn't only happen at the center of the life. It happens also at the periphery of our lives. And I would say a, a, a great author, Barbara um, Taylor Brown, is a, uh, a great uh, Episcopal priest, and she's got, she writes beautiful stuff. But she talks about the map of the journey of our life, journey of faith, is that there is a center and there is edges. Ministry happens in both places. While the church focuses most of its attention, Mother Church focuses most of its attention to the center of, uh, of those in the center, that the greatest stories of conversion happen at the edges. But the custodians are the center. Our role is to go to the edges. Our role is to attend to those who are struggling with their faith, who have gone to the edges of their own lives. And so the question is, okay, that's all great, great um, theology. It's, it's all rock solid. But how does that happen in our own lives? What does that look like? Let me give you just one example. I, I mentioned it last weekend in, in my homily, but I was only at one of the masses last week. And, and then I talk about how it happens. Like when I was, so one of the examples I'll give you is when it happened to me, when I walked away explicitly from God because I was so mad at God. So my best friend was killed in a plane crash. I was 24 years old, uh, and we were inseparable friends. I was so mad at God. Once the funeral was over, done. Don't want to go back to church. Don't want to go back in. And I would not talk to God. I would not talk. I would not listen. And I most certainly wouldn't come to a church. So I was furiously mad at God. And then I emigrated to America. In that time, I came to America, and I lived with my brother, uh, my brother Paul, who you, you've heard me mention. So every single Sunday, my brother Paul will go to 6 o'clock Mass, down, or 7 o'clock Mass down at Queen of Apostles. I used to live in Sunnyvale. And every single Sunday before he'd go, he'd say, do you want to come to church? And I'd go, all sorts of stuff would come out of my mouth. Generally, it would be a no. <laughs> and he would go off to Mass. And then he would come back, never say anything. Every Sunday, he would say, do you want to go to Mass? And he would brace himself for the answer. He kept on doing it, kept on doing it, until, you know, one Sunday I was so frustrated in my own life and low lonely and realizing that I really needed God and I couldn't, I was starving myself. Um, he says, you want to go to church? And I said, yeah, sure. And I've been going to church every Sunday ever since. So God was present in my life through Paul. He kept on gently asking. He was present every single day of my life, all that time, was loving me even though I was wounded and hurt and broken and angry and frustrated and ticked off. But he kept on showing up and kept on inviting. No guilt, just love. Just a tender, caring love 
of showing up every single week, every single day of my life. So there are people in our lives that have lost faith with God, has lost the relationship with God. They got angry and frustrated like the disciples on the way to a mess, like me in my younger years. Our role is, there's two things that we need to Number one, our role is to be on the periphery, at the edge of the map, the journey of life. It's to minister to them. We come back to the center because you're all here. We come back to the center to be filled at the table of the Lord, to receive Christ in the breaking of the bread. Yes, that's our privilege. That's our grace. But we must go to feed those on the periphery, on the edge. And we must do so gently and kindly. We must be willing to just love them where they're at and gently invite them week after week, week after week, knowing, knowing that we are the risen Christ to them, listening to their story. Don't judge, just listen to the story, and when given the opportunity, invite. Now, for those who maybe who are online who are not here and maybe feel like they are on the edge, um, be open to somebody in your life who is loving you, who is the presence of Christ now, who is loving you where you are on the edge, in the periphery of your life. Allow them to be Christ to you and maybe, maybe accept the offer or the invitation to come to church or to pray a little bit more with the Lord, to be present to Him, to listen to that, accept that invitation. Whatever is our response, we are both called to be open to the risen Lord in our own life when we get to the peripheries and get angry at God, but we also are called, and most especially us who are here, are called to be the risen Christ to others, gently, kindly, ever so lovingly, being present to them, loving them where they're at, in the edge of their life so that they can know that God loves them, that God is there for them in the breaking of the bread.